You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Tony Groves and William Gibson. Hey, guys. Hey, how's it going? How's it going, man? Going good. So we're in the off-season here of the NASCAR iRacing Series, next race, Daytona 500. Uh, looking forward to it. I Actually, uh, we, we, we got some sets for the team for the Daytona 500 just uh, today, and uh, I haven't tried them yet, but I'm excited to get out there and see what we got. And so uh, already looking forward to the Daytona 500. Can't believe it's coming so soon. Uh, let's talk Road to Pro, though. That's what we've been running this uh, off-season. Uh, this last uh, Tuesday night, it was Atlanta, hot Atlanta. I'll tell about uh, my race first. Uh, I wrecked myself out about halfway. Um, it was a restart. I got squirrely between third and fourth gear, and I got clipped from behind. I had the car saved. I just kind of moved over just a little bit to the right, and the guy didn't give me any room at all, and so he just clip me uh the car is very 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 much on the edge i was up on that wheel i'm i'm telling you guys i was holding my breath in the corners i was my my grip is death grip on the wheel uh the restarts tons of wheel spin you can't bring it up through the gears in the a car at atlanta like you used to where you just hammer away you know full throttle Forget that. You wreck the field if you do that. You can't do that anymore. It's a huge difference. And uh, that's how I wrecked out halfway through. So um, kind of a bummer. Well, did you guys run with me? I don't recall. Yeah, I, I was there uh, running with you. Um, and I, I I didn't do any better than you. Um, that car is so, so different. Um, it's a heck of a lot of fun to run um but i ended up uh spinning out on my own coming off i believe it was turn two um she just got loose and i couldn't save it put it in the wall come in for a little bit of repairs got back out blew the motor after about five laps and that was that was pretty much my race but uh up to that point i mean i was i was uh you know kind of getting into the groove and getting the hang of it um the restarts were another thing but uh yeah, and then just all of a sudden, she just let loose on me, and there was no saving it. But I did have a lot of fun up to that point. Now, I recall now, you guys were running uh, the fixed setup, and then I ran uh, the open setup that we had, uh, and, and it was really, really loose and really hard to drive. But tell us you know, what you felt in the car there. Uh, twitchy, not into the track, or, or, I mean, like I said, were you up on the wheel? Yeah, crazy up on the wheel. Um, you know, like you, you know, like firm grip the whole time. There was not a whole lot of relaxing moments. Um, you know, it was it it was tight. Uh but and just one wrong move and 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 she she's away from you. Um, you really had to be smooth, absolutely smooth with everything you did. And if you, if you just took your focus off of that, uh you're in the wall or spinning out somewhere. Yeah. 
Yeah, I wrote down um, some some thoughts for the crew chiefs on the team. Uh, I, here's what I wrote. I could not tell if I was fighting the new car changes or the set or both. I was really, really up on the wheel to keep from wrecking. The car was floating in the corners. I never felt one with the track. Throttle, throttle response and what the car would do were amplified or extreme. I eventually spun off of my own wrecking. It is different, to say the least. So I don't know what to think about these A-car changes. I, you know, after that race, I'm just nervous, I think. is, You know, I'm not, like, mad or upset or anything like that. It's different, okay? Is it better? I don't know. Is it more realistic? Probably. Um, I remember last summer, remember when Tony Stewart ran at Pocono with us, uh, with those Pete guys, and he came away from that saying, these cars, they drive off the corner too easy, they never wreck. You just throw, you know, throw down the throttle and it goes. Uh, a real cup car doesn't feel that way. It's way too hard. And this car at Atlanta felt like what Tony was describing then. So I feel like we're going the right way towards realism. It's, uh, I mean, yeah, and. I don't, you know, it, it kind of sounded like uh, we were fighting a lot of the same things, whether we're using the the fixed set or the the open set that we had. Um, but yeah, if if Tony Stewart's saying that, you know, the the corners are too easy to drive off of, well, they've fixed that problem because yep, yeah, they're a chore now. Yeah, and the steering amplified thing is, I you know, I felt like maybe the steering ratio was too low, you know, and so that was kind of my feedback. But I think it was just. You know, that, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. So we'll see what happens, you know, as we move on to the next week. But uh, patiently optimistic about the A-car changes, guys. I think they were good. Uh, Will, did you run the A-car at all? Do you know? No, I didn't um, run Road to Pro. I did do some practice today at Darlington. um, But I don't have enough experience in that car to really say how it feels. Um, Especially at a track like Darlington. So I was just kind of making laps and trying not to get in the fence. It didn't feel loose to me at all. Um, it actually is the first time the fix sets ever felt tight. Because I know you guys always describe those fix sets as tight. So I definitely felt that in my testing today, but um, I didn't get to run Atlanta. So. Yeah, so let's talk Darlington. It's tonight for the Road to Pro. Uh, we do have an open set I, uh, from an anonymous donor. Thank you very much. And uh, I ran a few laps of practice to make sure, you know, it was okay, and it was. And I think we're we're perfectly good tonight with that set. So it didn't feel tight. Uh, I never really tried the fixed. I, I'm In the off season. I feel like I don't need to try the fixed because I'm not running NIS fixed. And so there's no reason to. All I'm running is this Road to Pro and the A-car, and it's always open. So I haven't actually tried the fix, but the set that we have uh, works really good there. And um, it's a survival thing there. It's about staying out of the wall, and if you can do that, you'll do well. Usually when it comes to race time, I do okay when it comes to that. So I was just try and get it out of practice i was using that fix i need to give a give a few laps on that open set and see how it feels yeah check it out all right let's get into other racing uh we ran a league race on wednesday i think tony you were and i were in that among others uh from our team i rocked out and left early uh it wasn't a good result for me tony what'd you do 
Oh, eh, I, I didn't, I, you know what, I'll be honest. I don't even know where I finished. I don't even care. Uh, it wasn't good. Right. <laughs> um, I think I, I, I don't, I, I broke the top 20. Um, I got, uh, I got pushed up the track and into the wall, took a ton of damage. And, uh, once I got back out on track, I just, I had no speed. I mean, I was, so I was just going around making laps and just, you know, just trying to get the best finish that I could. Yeah, that blows. Yeah, I, and when I wrecked out, it was just a matter of my own doing, you know, and I just felt like a bad driver. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, uh, I I had to go back and watch the replay because I was wondering if I came down on a guy, but that wasn't the case. He kind of come up into me. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, but, yeah, it sucks when it happens, but I've done it to other people. So, you know, I just take my licks and, you know, move on to the next one. Yep. All right, let's get into GRC, my new favorite thing. I am hooked. Uh, we were just talking about it before the podcast here. I'm racing a lot, guys, a lot more than I used to, and I'm running the GRC. If I'm available and home, I'm running on top of the hour every hour uh, and been getting just racking up those starts. But uh, having fun. I'm still hunting my feature win. I have not won a feature yet. I've gotten second twice now. I've won two heats. I've won two constellations. Um, Iowa, I just experienced for the first time uh, today and yesterday. Um, I really like that track. I mean, it is quick. That that hard left turn off the banking of the oval down into the infield. That is just an awesome turn, and uh, it can get you too. It's really hard to do. Um, but really like all the tracks, I, I, the Daytona, the short, long, Iowa, Phoenix, um, all of them. I'm really thinking, I don't think there's one I don't like, you know, maybe Daytona the least, but I really seem to like the other ones. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, I just ran a race right before the po podcast as well. I'll talk about that. Iowa P5, uh, I finished in the feature after starting ninth, so I thought that was a good run. I did win the consolation race. I was second in the heat before being taken out by the leader himself. He actually wrecked in the corner I mentioned, and I could not miss him. It's so hard. If there's something in the middle of the track on a GRC track, it is impossible to miss it. I just, I just don't know how to do it. I just run into it every time. Yeah, those cars, once you're committed to where you're going, there's not a lot of wiggle room, like... It's pretty much straight line, stop, then turn. So if you are you have any kind of speed, it's kind of game over when something gets in the middle of that track. Right. And those big tire uh, bundles, you know, will roll into the middle of the track when somebody hits them. And I nail them every time. It's crazy. So what do you guys think? Uh, did you run any GRC, uh, Will? Let's hear, hear, let's hear your races. Um, I kind of haven't done any GRC since that first week. I've been doing a lot of practice in some races to get my, um, road license up for the 24 hours to Daytona. I just got C today, so I'm good for that. And I actually picked up my first win in the 305 sprint car at Williams Grove. Um, nice. Driving with, um, space out here, D David. So that was a lot of fun. Those cars are so hard to pass. I, in the race with 8X, which kind of bummed me out, but I was still able to get it done, so that's all that matters. Nice. 
Nice win. Yeah, it's always good to get the first one in a particular car, huh? Yeah, I've been close with those things a lot, but they're so hard to pass. You have to be really aggressive. And uh, a couple times I've been wrecked out leading. And this time I wasn't having any of it. So I kind of got aggressive back and it played in my favor. So I was happy about that. Cool. All right, let's jump to topics. I'll take first. uh, Season one, hot fix number two is being released uh, December 14th. And uh, the release notes were put out. Uh, They fixed a bug that had to do with the dirt oval and dirt road license types from showing up under a member's stats under career stats. They fixed some heat racing issues. Um, Let's see here. Various little bugs. I'm not going to really go into those. Um, Some race control issues, uh, especially with jump starting uh, the start. The penalty is much more severe than it was before. So some people were jumping to start, and it really wasn't much of a penalty. So uh, they fixed that. Uh, pit stop stuff. They fixed uh, some of the issues uh, surrounding the the pit stops, uh, where uh, you can get the crew uh, will continuously try to restart a pit stop if the tire pressures were set to a different value but were not checked off potentially locking the car in pit lane indefinitely. So, like, you couldn't get out of pit lane if you did something certain. Interesting. Uh, They changed uh, the dirt late models. Um, Brake system is updated on those. Uh, And then changes to the the NASCAR stuff. They changed um, ride height rules and camber range has been increased. Uh, Our... A friend of the podcast, John Hammer, pointed out after actually testing this that the camber range has been increased is actually not the correct thing that they did. They just actually lowered, I think, by two notches the camber thing, and uh, it didn't actually increase the range. They just changed where it started is what I understand. Uh, So he's already all over it. Good job, John. Uh, they made some adjustments to the rally cross uh, rally cross tracks as well. Um, fix, you know, fixing an issue with cutting the Joker at Iowa. Um, some things at uh, Phoenix as well. Um, the Joker exit has been adjusted a little bit, and so there's little tweaks and stuff like that. So pretty cool. They got another release out. Well, with that Phoenix uh, track, there went. When you're coming off that joker and you got that big uh, sweeping turn there, um, they've they've added uh, more dirt up there to, so you're not going to get that that grip that everybody was talking about by running the gravel. It's there's not as much gravel there anymore. Oh, okay. I didn't. I haven't run it since they changed it. Oh no, I haven't run that either. But uh, it just um, just ha- how they have it worded. Additional track, uh, additional dirt has also been spread wide into the former off-track area. So I guess maybe I'm just assuming, but I think that's what they've done. Right. All right, Tony, you want to take the next one? Yeah, uh, Facebook post from Performance Racing Industry. Uh, little uh, video clip of uh, Brad Keselowski and Chase Briscoe uh, uh, going at it uh, in the iRacing and some VR. Um, they were, uh, 
racing against each other the uh the simulator challenge at the uh 9000 exhibit area and i couldn't figure out where exactly they were doing this um but it's a neat little video clip shows them uh going at it and having a little bit of fun yep and some nice looking equipment too i mean they got uh, a cockpit it looks like a stationary cockpit with a nice real race seat an AccuForce wheel I recognize there. Um, and then they got, of course, the Oculus Rift goggles. Um, and it's a pretty neat looking setup, but kind of neat to watch Brad and Chase uh, race against each other in iRacing. And uh, it's out of some kind of trade show. Pretty cool. All right, Will, what's next? So we have some corrections for the dirt oval license. Um, I wasn't really sure how it was calculated, like if it bumped you up or down. I know my safety rating was bumped up, but something kind of went wrong in the transition. Um, for if you ran, I believe it was 25 dirt races, you'd be guaranteed to match whatever you had on your oval side. Um, so they did a, do some fixing and adjusting on that, which was good for me because it bumped my safety rating up quite a bit. Um, and I believe it bumped David's whole license up. So um, reading through the comments, some people were saying how they dropped. Um, but I know a couple people went up. So Yeah, I went up. So that's good to keep it more accurate because there was – I was having huge swings in my safety rating. Um, yeah. And I haven't done a race since they've adjusted it, but um, I, I assume they have that all resolved now. So. Yeah, um, Tony Gardner tried to explain it in the forums, and I've read through this a couple times, and I have no idea what he's saying. So I'm not going to try to read it, but basically they fixed the problem is what he's saying. There was a problem, and we knew there was a problem by those swings. We talked about it last week. Um, but I, it, you know, from what I can tell, because I've been running a lot of GRC, it's working correctly now. You know, I, We're getting the proper incremental increases or decreases that you would normally you know expect to see in i racing and so when you look at the results after a race and you see that change it's reasonable before it wasn't you know like you said there'd be these huge swings and stuff so there was some kind of bug they fixed it and we'll leave it at that <laughs> all right uh i'll take the next one here uh iRacing no longer supports HTC Vive. Well, that was the name of the forum post. That's really not a, a good title because it's not that iRacing doesn't support it. It's just it's not working. So if you have the HTC Vive goggles, uh, a lot of people are having problems where it loses the the center, so to speak. So when you wear these goggles, you have to like push a button to recenter it sometimes. And so as you're driving, it'll drift. It'll go off. And so there's a huge forum post, many pages long, where Sean Nash from iRacing uh, is trying to work with the guys to figure out what's going wrong. And he's been doing a lot of testing, getting feedback, uh, uh, logs and so forth from the drivers to figure out what's going wrong. Uh, he indicated that, uh, he. let me see if I can find it on the uh, one of the last pages here. He says it turns out to be an issue related to the get time since last async, sometimes returning garbage. It might explain the mystery of why the NVIDIA device drivers come into play. 
The head tracking would not seem to have anything to do with the NVIDIA drivers, but in the spot, info about VSync has direct result of the HMD tracking prediction. And so that's what's going on. It's a it's some kind of uh it's some kind of thing between the NVIDIA car, uh, drivers, the headset itself, and iRacing. And uh, it has to do with the A-Sync or V-Sync, I should say. Vertical Sync. But uh, I think the problem is also, you know, from what I've read, it's not just iRacing. It's other games. Uh, there's a big thread on Steam about it uh, related to other games having similar issues. And so I think it's more of a goggle problem. But, uh, boy, I'd hate to be one of those guys that have one of those and have this problem because that those cost a lot of money. They, they're more than the Oculus. Well, from somewhat, somewhat I was reading on those posts there, it, it sounds like it's the, it's the newest drivers because some guys were rolling back their drivers and, and the issue was going away. Um, I noticed that on a, on a couple of posts. I don't know if that's across the board what the that if that's what like the interim fix is until they can hash this out. Right. All right. Well, good luck. I hope they can figure it out. Uh, all right, Tony. What's next? Oh, there's a a post about uh, the heat races and I rating. Um, well, tell oh, me who uh, it's from first. Let's talk about that. Well, uh, Dave Kamer, Kamer. Yeah, he's uh, the guy. That's your tire model guru. He's the founder of iRacing. Oh, well, heck, there you go. I didn't even know that. Yeah, he's the man. He's the guy who started this whole thing. He is uh, the guy who did the NASCAR 2003 and all that. Uh, started iRacing with uh, John Henry's you know, financial support. And uh, here he is. Now, he, this, I wanted to point this out because he rarely posts. This is only his 43rd post ever in the forums. So he rarely, rarely posts. And so to get a post from him directly is very rare. I think in this podcast, we've only seen him post maybe once or twice. And so this is a very uh, unique. So I thought I would point that out before you get into it. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. Please go ahead with what he uh, t- is talking about. No, no, that's all good, Mike. Thanks, because I, I had no idea who he was. I just thought he was just another staff member. Um, didn't even notice his message count or how long he'd been. Uh, you know, it says he joined in 2007, obvious reasons. Um, but that very cool. Anyway, so they, I guess they had a real lengthy discussion, um, and they've decided to not have heat heats affect eye rating. Um, they said the best argument against is that they're not like regular races since they're very short um, might possibly have an inverted start and not everyone is necessarily trying to finish first. So in essence, they're a little like qualifying, which doesn't affect I rating except for how it changes your starting position in a subsequent race. Um, and he says, uh, also after an even lengthier discussion, they decided that we'd have consolation rounds change I ratings by only 50% as much as they normally would. That is because again, finishing in the top, uh, N finishers and in quotations or in brackets, whatever N is, is all you have to do. So you don't necessarily have to finish first, uh, to make it to the, to the final round. Um, so they say as well, that's a lot less like a normal race. So you'll have your normal I rating in the main or in the feature. And, uh, 
Yeah, I think this is a pretty welcome change. I think uh, we heard some uh, people talking about that um, when this thing rolled out. Yeah. I think it makes sense, you know, after he explains it a little bit. I mean, so he's basically saying your I rating is really only going to work in the feature, and you'll get only 50% strength of I rating affected in the consolation, but the heats won't affect I rating at all. I think that's definitely a good thing. Um, those heat races are so short. I did a midget race, um, had an incident on lap two, and there was obviously no time to recover. Um, went to the cons, the cons main or the B main. Uh, finished second on that while chasing down the leader after starting last, um, and then finished fairly decent in the main. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense because doing good in a B main is going to be a lot easier than obviously in the main event. And those heat races are right, they're so short. Um actually this makes a lot of sense and I'm glad they went into to discuss it so we know what's going on. Yep. And uh maybe that's why when you look at the results now from an event with heats, it looks normal and you don't have these huge swings. I think the re- reason we were getting the huge swings is just because of that. They were giving us points for the heats as well and and everything. So anyway, they changed it. Uh, it's probably a good change. Yeah, I think if they made it, like, if you had a bad heat race and that set you up for a bad main event and you don't transfer to the main, that's a couple hits to your I rating. I think a, pe- a lot of people would want to avoid. So I think this is going to help um, participation in those events with heat races. Right. So if you do bad in the heat, you're on to the consolation. You do bad there, it's only 50% affecting you, you know, as a bad result, right? Yeah, and I mean, it so it'll be a from... nominal. It'll be a nominal, you know, decrease of I rating. Yeah, because those the B main in theory should be made up of the lower I rating drivers if they're able to transfer through the heat races properly. So yeah, I think it's a good thing that will help keep participation a little bit higher for people that are really kind of chasing having that good I rating. All right, uh, Will, what do you got next? All right, so we got a hot fix number three. Um, it was actually a pretty quick one. They just had to kind of postpone a couple things with the dirt lay models from the Hotfix 2. Oh, that's right. So they just put it out two days later, right? Yeah, just a couple days later. Um, they adjusted something with the brake systems. They really didn't go into any detail. And n- nose collision elements have been moved upward to prevent bottoming at low ride heights. I really think a lot of that has to do with the way Knoxville is. Knoxville has a really big berm, which is, I think, the only dirt track that kind of has a berm going into the turn. And I think the noses were just a little too low and kind of messing up on the car. So I think that's um, kind of a nice fix they threw out there. Um, It really kind of shows the attention to detail they're putting into this. Yeah, I don't have a link, but I remember reading a post where the drivers were praising this, uh, the the dirt late model folks. Um, It also affect the super late as well, I believe. But uh, they were saying the car drives are much better now uh, than it used to. And um, so lots of good things. Looks like uh, Tony had some kind of technical difficulties. We'll see if he jumps back in. But no, I haven't been able to try the car yet. But uh, pretty cool stuff. Uh, They get that fixed. All right, moving on. Nick Nieben, who's been a really good uh, follow in the forums recently, uh, he puts up videos, and he's User the guy who did all the channel. stats and stuff for the uh, um, 
the uh, the peak series that we were looking at. Anyway, he put up a, a, a new thread, and he says it's time to change the system for SR and IR. And he wrote up a big write-up that basically describes the changes he would like to see put forward. It's just an idea he's throwing out there. Uh, basically, he says, number one, change I rating to only display the group you are in, not a number. Change safety rating to only display the license level you're in, not a number. Add a rating system that would be something users can collect. And that's what he's recommending. He's saying that people get fixated on the numbers, and um, it's really not about the numbers. And uh, if people would just kind of give that up, and and if iRacing would stop presenting it to the drivers so they couldn't see it, then that would fix the problem. But... My thing is, or my personal take is, I don't think there's a problem. So I think he's trying to fix something that's not broken. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I try not to stress over my rating at all. Um, I feel like they do a good job of representing how well you do and you'll have bad races and you'll get lucky and have some good races. So it all kind of bounces out. I think the more racing you do, the more accurate obviously is going to be. Um, I really kind of put a lot of thought into this when he posted this and I read through it. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I feel like they're they could probably do something a little different. I think with the way they kind of split drivers, I think having sessions split by your safety rating more so than your I rating um might make races a little less competitive, but I feel like as you get into lower splits, there's a lot of people like half the field is trying to win and wreck and the other half's just trying to survive. Um, but as far as showing the numbers, I think we'll always kind of know where we fall. Um, and they do give you that big number on the side of your car when you launch in saying whether you're first, second, third, fourth. So, well, that's the thing. The whole system is designed around it. You know, I don't think there's any way to undo it. And, and I really don't see the problem with it either, but, uh, yeah, a lot of topic, a lot of people weighing in on this topic, including our champa, Ray Alfala, he here's what he said about it. He said, "Hide I rating, hide I rating, hide I rating, hide it, hide it, hide it, scream it from the rooftops." Anyway, he's a big proponent apparently of hiding the I rating. I don't think it's any big deal. I like to know how it goes up and down depending on how I finish the race. The only thing I would really want to hide kind of is when you load into a race, I always try to use the number 25. But obviously, your number is based off of your I rating. Um, and I kind of race people a little different. If I, I have someone coming up behind me who's ranked a lot higher than me, a lot of times I'll kind of give them the benefit of the doubt, let them buy, unless I feel like I'm quicker. Um, I think if they kind of spread those numbers out a little bit, kind of let you run what you want, that would take away from the stress of it a little bit. But yeah, all in all, I mean, it, it is what it is. It's the same for everybody. Yep. All right. Uh, I hope they leave it alone. I think they will. Uh, I think Tyler Hudson actually weighed in on that forum post saying something along those lines. But anyway, moving on, I'll take the next one here. Uh, this guy, Gary Pound 07 or Gary Number 07 or Number Sign 07 on YouTube. If you search him, you'll see his video says, Getting to Know Your Pit Crew. And he, he put up a video taking a close look at 
the new pit crew animation and uh you know pauses the action and takes a look around and asks some questions and stuff and it's kind of funny and he points out the fact that you know you got the two guys behind the wall not doing anything at all you know like he's like let's get those guys fired you know let's get rid of them and then you got the guy dumping with the fuel can he he's dumping the fuel in the truck but he misses the fuel nozzle hole by about a good eight inches and he's literally pouring uh you know gasoline into the bed of the truck and missing the tank and he shows like an you know an inside shot of the truck so you can see the nozzle and then like when they come around to the left side of the car to do the left side tires those left side tires they magically appear on pit road out of nowhere like one second they're there and the next second they're you know they're or first they're gone and then they're there and like nobody puts them there and so you know it's he's kind of like picking it apart so to speak and uh showing some of the flaws uh it looks pretty cool and i don't think you know when i racing put it together i don't think they were worried about all the intricacies of making it just perfect because we're in the car when we look at this thing you know we can't really tell where exactly he's putting the fuel nozzle you know when we're looking in the mirror and we see the gas guy you know and so i think it's okay he kind of did it as a fun video and uh, i thought it was kind of fun to watch i i watched this video and i laughed the whole time through right Um, you know the right right from like the pausing saying oh oh the the pit crew's uh over the wall too soon oh Um, yeah that's by about a couple of inches and then one thing that I also noticed, this guy was kind of a jerk to his pit crew because when he left pit road, he ran over, I think it was one of the tire changers' uh, foot. So um, maybe that's why those two guys are uh, standing in front of the pit box talking because they're they're swearing at the driver for running over their guys. Yeah, yeah. And then he, they left, yeah, like you said, they, they would have got a penalty for leaving uh, the pit wall too soon. And he showed exactly where the truck was at that moment. The guy's foot hit the ground and... Sure enough, he was two boxes, more than two boxes back. And uh, and then they showed the crew chief and what they were looking at. Uh, and they're looking at black computer monitors. And he's like, well, yeah, these guys look busy, you know. Yeah, <laughs> this guy, uh, this guy had a lot of fun making a video. And I got to say, I had a lot of fun watching it. It was it was pretty funny. Him uh, pointing out all the little flaws and stuff, you know, nothing that really matters. But um, yeah, it's it's fun. Yep. And then I found another video on Facebook, this time by Blake Griffith. And he put up a video where his, uh, he says his, I think my pit crew got into some meth. And uh, it shows him sitting on pit lane and they're standing up on the wall. And they're like jitterbugs, jittering like really fast, kind of shaking about. Uh, I don't know what's going on. A bug. Yeah, these these uh all these videos and and stuff they're <laughs> they're just they're awesome they're they're having a great time with it. Yeah, kind of neat to see the different things that uh, people encounter. You know, there's so many different people out there, and then something weird happens like this, and oh, let's put it on Facebook, you know, and then everybody can see it. All right, uh, Tony, what do you got next? Oh, another forum post. Um, uh, Talking about a, an, another caution uh, glitch, I guess you could say. Um, this one uh, was that World Outlaw race at Eldora. Um, the caution 
came back out right after the start and the pace truck never came back out and resulted in the whole field being disqualified. Um, so I guess every, every car in that race was down 21 laps. Wow. Um, well, if the pace car doesn't come out, that's, that's a huge bug. Yeah. Yeah. Now that we, we've seen this one pop up, uh, actually, you know, kind of a little, little frequently over the last little bit. Yep. And that's a fairly new track too, you know, Eldora. So, well, I don't know if it has to do with the track or not. I guess I'm assuming that, but. All right, Will, what do you got next? So I'm actually not able to pull this link up, but if I remember, I kind of remember seeing this during the week. I believe that they were talking about the street stocks. Oh, yeah. Street stock is garbage was the name of the forum thread. Yeah, I'm going through the forum post here right now because I pulled that up. Um, I know they let me go back to the notes here. Well, I um, think the forum post got deleted. I actually copied a, a, a sentence out of it uh, from Tyler Hudson onto our notes before it got deleted. I don't know why it got deleted. It probably had to do with the title of the forum post saying the street stock is garbage. Um, but Tyler Hudson did post up in there. He said, we'll definitely have another look at this car after we've learned after all we've learned here as of late, the street stock really hasn't seen much attention since the early dirt development. So basically he was saying, we're going to, we're aware that the street stock is garbage. We're going to work on it. We're going to get fixed soon. And actually Tyler has another post up here um, that says, we appreciate your concerns with this car. We have been working diligently to improve the street stock. So that provides a more realistic experience and more fun experience great progress has been made and we should have this to members before next season or possibly in a patch in january no promises i want to assure you we hear you and we agree we have learned so much since dirt was introduced to the service and we are constantly working to improve the experience for you i wish we could wave a magic wand and get this out now but it's a process i appreciate that probably isn't what you want to hear but I want you to know that this is a priority to get this car better. So um, I don't know if maybe he pulled his old post and kind of cleaned it up a bit because people are probably yeah, a little probably. upset that they haven't touched a car. But um, so, yeah, he has, I assume, updated his post. So it's good to know they're working on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear that there's acknowledgement that this car it doesn't run right because I have a hard time driving it. And. I want to come up on the dirt oval side the proper way. I want to do, I want to run the street stock and legend and I want to do well and I want to progress to the next car up and then so on. And so I've been hesitant to buy into all these dirt cars that are for sale and I haven't bought any of them because of that. And I'm content at this point waiting for them to fix the car and then I'll give it a go. David Flowers was uh, one of our teammates was trying to talk me into getting one of these cars so dirt and do some dirt oval, and I'm like, well, I still want to you know figure out this street stock first. I just don't want to you know skip it, you know, because when I came up on the pavement oval side, I didn't skip cars. You know, I went from tr- you know I went from street stock to late model to super late model to truck to B car to A car and so on. And so I want to do the same thing on the dirt side, and I'm just not going to skip one, you know. So I'm I'm content to wait for it. I'm glad to see that they're going to fix it, you know, in the relatively near future. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a fun car to race. They're big, they're heavy, they slide around a lot. They're they're not right, but as of right now, I think they're fun. Um, definitely harder than a rookie car should be. So I yeah. think if they get that right, um, I'll be excited to run some races with those again, just to just kind of get up there and mix it up. Yep. All right. Next topic I would bring up: uh, Race Spot TV is now broadcasting on Friday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern. Every week, the GRC series. So, uh, you know, Race Spot and some of those, they uh, broadcast on the iRacing Live. Well, now we got GRC coming. And anyway, they ran their first race this last Friday at Daytona. And guess who wins? Mitchell DeJong, who uh, is quite the man. He's a supercar champion over in Australia. Um, I've raced with him a couple times and in, in various couple races, but he ran in the uh, you know the the Formula One series on iRacing and did pretty well and won some races there. So he's been around, uh, and he won a GRC race. Uh, boy, he's good in anything, isn't he? Yeah, I didn't recognize his name because I'm a little newer to iRacing, but there were a couple other names in the field. Um, Logan Clampett. Bobby Zelensky, um, Jimmy Mullis, which I've raced against. So, yeah, um, is there, I kind of bummed out I missed the race. I should go back and watch that broadcast because it looked like there were some really talented drivers out there. Yep. So check that out. Uh, and then Red Bull Global Rallycross.com, uh, they put up uh, a big feature right up about the event as well. Um, so kind of neat to see the series actively participating and you know, informing the public about what's going on. Pretty cool. All right, uh, Tony, what do you got next? Well, we got a Twitter post from Matt at EmptyBox007. Um, I'm not sure who he is. I'm sure you do, Mike. Um, but he's addicted to iRacing midgets. He's, uh, I guess he's got a spark back. Um, yeah, this is a follow-up. Uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about him. He's a famous YouTuber, uh, uh, Twitcher, um, that does gaming, mostly iRacing. And if you recall, a few weeks ago, I did a story where he decided he was going to quit iRacing for a while because he had lost his spark. And so all of a sudden, guess what? He's back. And it's the iRacing midgets uh, that got his spark back. And so apparently he's uh, he's twitching again. That's right. I remember that now. Um, oh, my memory's terrible. But, uh, well, good. He's got his spark back. That didn't take too long. Just needed a fun little car to play with. That midget car, I hear so many good things about. And um, I, that's probably going to be my first dirt car purchase. But um, lots of people have said good things about that one. Yeah, that thing is the perfect balance, I would say, of fun and hard to drive. Um, and kind of easy at the same time. It's kind of hard to explain it. Um, I drove a car that was very similar to a midget at one point, and I think it handles great. It has tons of power, tons of grip. Um, yeah, no, I'm excited. I'll, I'll, I can't wait for like race spot to t TV to, um, broadcast one of these races with some good drivers. Cause they are a blast. Yep. All right. Uh, Will, what do you got next? 
So it looks like, um, actually, if you don't mind taking this one, Mike, I am not too familiar with these Commodore's Garage. Yep, uh, Commodore's Garage, another uh, episode or another article. This time it's crossweight is what they go over. Uh, it's a very useful tool in the garage, and he explains it if you want to read about it. And it's uh, quite a read, and, and this is how you learn how to do setups, guys. Is You actually got to do homework, and it's not just a game you know you got to figure out what you're doing and uh i still feel i read some of this stuff but it still feels like it's right over my head i i don't think i absorb it i'm in the exact same page as you um i i tried going through it and uh i just got lost i'm like i, I just got no idea what the hell he's talking about and right. what the numbers mean well, it really gives you a sense of how important these crew chiefs are that put these sets together. I mean, holy cow, this stuff is not easy, man, I tell you. No, no, I mean, you're you're absolutely right. Uh, these guys, you know, um, the peak antifreeze guys and, and how they get their cars all set up and they got to, you know, geez, I just, yeah, kudos to people who can understand this stuff. I mean, I'm sure we could if we... Uh, had the time or took the time to 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 really dive into it, but you're not going to get this in just a couple of days. Like this takes time to you know to learn. Yeah. So if you want to learn, this is a great place. Search uh, Google iRacing Commodore's Garage, and you'll find it. Um, okay, cool. What is next? I will take the next one. Okay, so this one is a mess. Our and so we're going to give a little love to our road people over on the BES side. Um, they've been trying to run uh, some BES World Championship Series. Um, if you recall, they have their own Road to Pro and all that over there. But anyway, uh, they ran at Road Atlanta recently. And uh, they had a DDoS attack, apparently, and a session misfire. And basically... The session didn't get off the ground for most people that were trying to run the race. Like the server wasn't available when the and they missed the start or they couldn't get loaded, you know. And we haven't heard these kind of problems for a while. So um, Tyler Hudson piped in a little bit later and he said, Hey guys, we've located the issue and corrected it. All remaining races should go off without no problem. Sorry for the inconvenience. So, uh, and now two days later which was uh, today, or yesterday, they ran another event, and uh, apparently uh, the Sunday top split had several issues. At the start of the race, the S-bar went red for everyone, and the behavior of the cars during that period was very weird and completely different than expected. No grip at all and slow response to driver input. The green flag was displayed before the pace car was even close to turning into pit road. The overall standings have not been updated accordingly to the results of this Sunday time slot. More people got the bad info error message when entering the race session and were forced to close the sim and rejoin, losing a lot of precious time. So apparently it's not fixed because uh, Tommaso Carla from Italy says so. So, bummer for those guys. Uh, I don't think I've seen this in other series. Uh, have you heard of anything, guys? No, this is the first I've heard of uh, of this kind of thing. And 
for it to happen so, uh, you know, to so many people. Yeah, and BES, that's the major team official series for team racing, really. So that's what we're talking about. Yeah, I've been fortunate. I've never ran into any issues of this nature. So um, I feel like Oval's been getting so much love lately from iRacing. It kind of bums me out to see the roadside having some issues, but I'm sure they'll get it resolved fairly quick. Yep. All right, uh, Tony, what's next? Ah, another forum discussion um, talking about the uh, the setup on, on what you see as like when you're spectating um, during a GRC race. Um, like one uh, suggestion is to display the joker status to the spectators. So as you're watching other guys race, you can uh, follow them a lot easier. And you actually, uh, Mike, piped into this one here. Um and it, it was a really good suggestion um, that if you're if you're not racing, the the camera just automatically sets to live. It follows the leaders, and it's on camera three. Um, so you don't you know you don't have to do it every time it changes to a new session. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a just a you know three or four mouse clicks, but it's kind of stupid that we have to do it to begin with. I mean, they should assume that we want are going to do that. And just do it for us so we don't have to. Because so what I'm talking about is you run the first heat and you're going to advance. Let's say you got in the top four. So you advance to the feature. So you got to sit and watch heat number two and the consolation race. So as it goes from heat one to heat two, you have to go and click on go live instead of replay. You have to change uh, to a different person instead of yourself, like follow the leaders and you got to change the camera because it's on scenic. You got to go to TV or blimp or chopper or something so you can watch it. And so you have to click these three or four things. Not a big deal. And but then as the heat two goes into consolation race, you got to do it again. You got to click the same things again. It's just stupid. Yeah, I think that it would it would definitely benefit them to have kind of a spectator camera. Um, just like a preset camera. Cause I do run, I believe TV three as well, but I actually go in and adjust the zoom on it to get a little bit closer. Um, yeah, if they, if there's a track they're having heat races at, they really need to put a, like a set camera view. So that yeah, and, they, have and a good... let it be live, you know, as they switch the session, you know, switch it to live. So we don't have to click that. But, uh, it's kind of odd because if you don't do this as it switches from heat one to heat two and you're just sitting there, you'll hear your spotter say green flag, but you're looking at the screen and you don't see any cars moving, but you can hear them. It's really odd sensation. Yeah. The first time I watched it, I was like, man, those guys completely missed that start. Um, it took me a little bit to figure that out, but yeah, that first time it happened to me, it was like green flag and they're all sitting there. I'm like, Hey guys, light screen, you should go. All right, Will, what's next? All right, so a uh, Facebook user posted, um, uh, Chris Hanna posted a uh, picture of his truck missing the complete left side tires. It looks like he has the right side tires on, but no left side tires. So, um, 
I don't know if that was a glitch or if he did something intentionally, blew him out. I've never seen anything like that before in iRacing. I've never seen it either. But, yeah, no, it's kind of a funny shot. He's just sitting there. It looks like uh, the bottom of the apron turned to the infield, just sitting there, missing his tires. Yeah, it looks um, like he's at Charlotte in a truck. Yeah, truck's just floating, too. It's not even laying down on the, laying down on the left side. So just kind of one of those weird things that probably is a once- once in a million chance of happening, he got a good screenshot of it. Yeah, at least he got a shot of it. I wouldn't believe it if he wouldn't have gotten a picture because I've never seen this in the entire time I've been in iRacing. I've never seen where the wheels are completely disappeared. But yeah, the left side tires are just gone. You can see the hubs and the brakes, the shocks, everything. I mean, the wheels are literally gone. I wonder if the wheels came off and then he spun or if the wheels came off because he spun out. Um, well, when I first saw this, the, the thing that kind of ran through my head, wouldn't it be cool if your new pit crew that you just got animation for, they leave the lug nuts loose or something, you peel off pit road and the tires fall off and you wreck. Yeah, I know there's, I know we've been running to a lot of issues where if you pull too far left, they don't do the pit stop. Um, I think a loose wheel would be a better solution than having to make you back up and pull forward. But yeah. If they got to that level of realism, I'd um definitely feel nervous if you got a vibration. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next topic. Uh, our favorite driver, Ty Majeski, his diecast, uh, his iRacing.com diecast car is coming out. And uh, some people on the forum were talking about it. There were several people uh, weighing in that they've ordered one and so forth. And uh, what's going on is they didn't get enough to order the uh, one size, but they ended up with enough to order the bigger size or something along those lines. And so um, if you placed an order for both sizes, you should have gotten an email from Lionel saying, hey, uh, you're not going to be able to get this one. Not enough people bought it, so we're not going to create it. But the other one, they are. So. Uh, another uh, post on this forum from Justin Weaver shows a picture of a small 164 version of the iRacing.com 60 Xfinity car. Um, and you can get it at like Walmart, Target. It's in the Hot Wheels section. Pretty cool. Yeah, I'm definitely going to pick one of those things up. It, it's a nice, clean looking car. Plus, anything I could do to support iRacing and Ty Majeski, get them to that cup level, I'm definitely down to do. There you go. Yeah, if I see this in my local Walmart, I'm buying it for sure. Uh, pretty cool looking. So, Anyway, one guy actually posted in here, uh, Christian Kabanga, Kabanka. He said, I'll buy one if Ty replies to this comment. And sure enough, Tyler Majeski in his only his 18th post ever in the forums, he he uh, did post in there and said, hey, buy one. So he's actually watching, guys. He's on the forums. That's absolutely hilarious. I hope this guy uh, follows through with uh, what he said. That's just, that's awesome. Well, the next guy down, he immediately says, I'll need proof of per- purchase now, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's on the spot now. Yeah, I think you better do it if uh, if you say that. Well, pretty cool. All right, uh, Tony, what's next? 
All right. Well, it's a it's a Twitter poll. iRacing uh, put up a put up a poll asking which license will you be focusing most on in 2018 season one. Um, and it's got you know oval road, dirt oval, dirt road, and uh, road won it by a huge margin at 44 percent, and oval was uh, uh, came in second at 22 percent. Now, what I found kind of interesting is is the 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 two new licenses were the lowest on the list. Um, yeah, that that's that that's kind of surprising. I didn't expect to see that. But uh, so, I'll ask you guys, uh, which license will you be focusing most on? That's a tough one. I, you know, I'm obviously always focused on my oval pavement, you know, with NIS and I plan on running the NIS season again, but I also think, you know, I'm working on dirt road and dirt oval too. I want to bring those up to a, I did some kind of OCD about that. I don't like that. I'm not an a license on everything. And so I will be working on those until I have them at a, and uh, that's kind of how I was with road. I never was a road guy much, but I sure as heck, you know, worked on my road license until I moved it up to A. And then once I got it to A, I kind of let it go. I know I voted for road. Um, I kind of read it as, like, which license? I already have oval and dirt oval. Yeah, which one are you working on, right? Yeah, so I would say, yeah, I'm definitely working on my road license to do some of these endurance events. I mean, dirt road, I kind of expected to be kind of low because there's only, you can only get it to C, so there's no real stress to try to push it higher than that. So, yeah, I know I voted road, um, but when it comes to, like, my I rating, I'm going to say I'm probably going to be focusing more on the oval side. So, I kind of wish they would have put two polls up because I'm curious to see what people would say on that. But, yeah, I know I voted road, and that's the license I've been working on this week. I've already got it up to C today, so get in there. I was surprised by how many votes. 2,736 votes. That's a lot. I mean, yeah, that's... The regular forum uh, polls, like when we see those polls in the forums, they're only in the hundreds. We never get that many people voting on the, in the forums. Well, I'm sure, you know, a lot more people are going to have Twitter downloaded on their phone rather than, you know, jumping onto the forums and getting into all that stuff. So, um, that. I, I kind of understand that, but it's cool that they did get so much of a reaction over this. Yeah, and, it's, and it very well could be people that are not iRacers voted as well, because it's just an open Twitter poll. Anybody can vote. All right. Uh, Will, what's next? So, actually, we kind of covered this topic once. Um, actually, oh, yeah, you did. We went over yeah. this one. Skip to the next one. So, yeah, Doug Hunt Jr. Um, posted the schedule for the iRacing special event schedule. Um, I actually need to kind of read through this, um, take my notes, what I need to do this year. But uh, the Roar Before the 24, um, which is going to be the January 13th and 14th. Daytona 24-hour, January 20th through 21st. I'm going to mess this up, but the Bathurst 12-hour. Yeah, Bathurst. There you go. I knew I have always said that wrong. Um <laughs> The February 10th through 11th. One month later, we have the Sebring 12-hour, March 10th through 11th. The Nuremberg 24, May 5th through 6th. Um, May 19th through 20th, we have the Indy 500. Indy. 
Yep, excited for that one. Can't wait to give that a go. Uh, we have the Six Hours at the Glen, the 23rd through 24th. King's Royal, July 7th through 8th. 24 Hours of Spa, July 21st through 22nd. 24 Hours of Le Mans, August 18th through 19th. And Petit Le Mans, August 6th through 7th. So they posted that up so you could kind of make your plans with your team, get everything organized and ready for all those events. Um, and if I remember correctly, they mentioned they were hoping to have the 20 or the um, day-to-night transition ready for either Spa or Ma. So Yeah, La Ma, I think, yeah. Yeah, it kind of gives us a good timeline on when to expect that. August, yeah. I always thought La Ma was in June. Why are we doing it in August? You know, yeah. I've never paid enough attention. I always watch it, but I never remember what time of year it is. I don't think it's in August, but maybe I'm wrong. And the King's Royal, that's new. That's a dirt race, right? Yeah, that sounds familiar. I don't – God, I can't remember off the top of my head. It's I like wing stupid. sprints at yeah. uh, somewhere. Eldora, maybe? I think I think it's at Eldora. Um, maybe Yeah, Lucia. that's where the – we have the truck race at Eldora. It's the week before that or something, yeah. Okay, and one one I was surprised to see was uh, Knoxville Nationals to not see on this list. So Right, where's that? I don't know if they're probably going to work on that a little bit later because that, if I'm not mistaken, that should be in the August range um, time. So. so let's talk the Daytona 24. I mean, Tony, you and I were talking about this right before the podcast is they have the roar before the 24, and I immediately thought, Oh, this is awesome that we have the roar again where we can have a warm-up before the real race. Well, if you look closer uh, at the car selections, they have a different set of cars for the roar before than they do for the Daytona 24, which I think is ridiculous. I mean, obviously, we can't use it as a warm-up. You know, if I'm going to run the Ferrari and the 24, I can't run the MX-5 and the roar before, you know. You know, I, I remember um, I live fairly close to Watkins or not Watkins Glen. I'm spaced out here. Um, gosh, what track is that? I'm spaced out here, but um, I live fairly close to a track that actually did a 24-hour of lemons. It was kind of run-down, beat-up old cars, but a 24-hour race. Wow. It's kind of what that reminded me of. I mean, you got the Kia, uh, the Mustang, and the Global Mazda. So they're not hot rods by any means. So it kind of... When might I read through that, yeah, it might be. I think it's going to be kind of like a let's have some fun before stuff gets serious race. So, well, in the past when we've done a roar, it's been the same car, and our team would use it as like I said a warm up. Let's work out the kinks. Let's run. We're going to run the same schedule that we've developed for the Daytona Twenty Four. The same drivers, the same lineup, and we're going to work out the kinks. Who can? Who's going to not show up? You know or you know, this guy, we figured out he can't keep the car on track and he's in a racket, so we got to replace him, you know, and just kind of work out those kinks. But maybe you still do it, but you just do it with a different car, you know, still run the same schedule and have everybody run it and just see uh, how it goes. I don't know. I guess it wouldn't hurt, you know. Yeah, I feel like not every team, not everyone has the ability to run two 24 hours at Daytona um, back-to-back like that. So I think having it be those other cars kind of gives an advantage for the people who are doing it a little more casually as far as track time and prep. I think you're right. Getting the, um, getting the kinks out of how you plan the day schedule, swap drivers out. Um, there's a 
much better idea. Well, I've been working with teammate David Flowers. Um, he's going to take team manager role for the Daytona 24 and try to develop the schedule and herd the cats, so to speak. Uh, and it's very much what you're doing. You're herding cats, trying to get people to commit to a time frame, to be there, to run the car, to have their license at a certain level, to be to have the car, to own it, to own the track. You know, all these different things have to fall in place. And so he's going to take that on. I'm kind of mentoring him along because this is his first attempt at doing it. Um, but we've been talking about this race, and we feel like amongst Team Tifosi, we really don't have enough committed people to really run an internal car without external help. So I was telling him, look, we need to find another team to either partner up with. We need to find some individuals from the UK or Australia to help us through the overnight hours that we can trust. Um, that's how we've done it in the past. And uh, that's how we'll probably have to do it again. Yeah. I've worked with him a little bit this week. Um, I was going to try to work with him a little bit more tomorrow to make that schedule and prep all that. Cause I'm excited for it. Um, but yeah, I never realized how much work it is to get someone to play video games 24 hours straight. So, <laughs> well, it's just get the schedule down, you know, and we're going to switch off approximately every hour or unless you double stint. Uh, now, if you double stint, you actually save a lot of time because they do take 15 to 20 seconds during a driver change away from you. Um, so if you don't do a driver change between fuel stops, you're saving that time. So um, it's a good idea to try to double stint if the driver is capable of it. Myself, personally, I don't like to double stint. I like to do one and get out of the car and take a break and then come back and do another. Uh, but I'll do it if I have to, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, I, I offered to kind of pull those that late night stand. I'm kind of a night owl myself, and because I'm running in the Oculus, it gets pretty cold at night here, so I don't have to worry about that thing getting too warm on my face. Yeah. Well, we'll see if we can pull it off. Uh, it's going to be a tough task to really figure out enough people. I think that's really our downside is we don't have enough. Uh, so stay tuned. I'll probably be reaching out to the general public to see if anyone wants to help us at Team Tifosi uh, with this event. Uh, David is still trying to work out if we really want to do that or if he actually knows enough people to to do it. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, next topic, Tony Gardner uh, posted up in the forums some information really about the new beta UI, as they call it. And it's kind of an insight to the bigger picture about this. And, you know, we've been talking about this for months and how I don't personally use it or like it much. I think it needs a lot of work. And he pretty much uh, agrees with that. You know, that's why it's a beta. It still needs work. There's still stuff not in it. Like you can't do ghosting or spectating from the new beta UI. You have to do that from the website, for example. And so there's many things like that they still haven't put in there. Um, but I'm going to read a little bit about what he, I'm not going to read the whole thing here, but I'm going to read a little bit about what he said here. Uh, we have a good fundamental design, but you will keep noticing improvements in the design, functionality, and usability as we move on. It is why we are calling it a beta and are and will be using your feedback to improve it. We have some nice plans in place and meet on the design aspects regularly with the ultimate goal of improving the experience and usability. 
We appreciate your patience as we transition and essentially maintain two different portals. And so it's an ongoing project, guys. That's really the takeaway here. And, um, you know, eventually, now here's another sentence. However, our design focus in the long term is moving to the new beta UI and get completely away from the website. So that is the goal. And I think, you know, eventually we'll get there. They have a lot of work to do. That's what I got to say. Yeah, I, I I hardly ever use it. And in fact, I was reading through the forum on the featured suggestions. And one of them is the ability to switch in and out of it in VR, which is one of the gripes I had. So I'm glad people are posting stuff about it. Um, if we just ignore it, they're eventually going to switch to it. And we're stuck with it. So I think now's the time to really give that feedback. So when yeah. we do make that change, we're not all kind of stuck with what they give us. Right. So you're saying you have to leave your VR goggles on while you're looking for a race to race in. Yeah. And you I, really want that thing off your head when you're not in the car, right? Yeah. And that's one of the things I I was cruising through just cruising. And yeah, that's the biggest issue I have with it is after a, a even a standard dirt race takes me 15, 20 minutes. It gets hot in that thing sometimes because you, basically you have your monitor strapped to your face. And then to have to navigate through the UI to prep the next session or test or do anything like that, I really want to take that thing off. And it is working that graphics card fairly hard, um, which I know is kind of one of the issues you've been talking about. So it was kind of cool to see somebody else mention it in the forums. I should probably chime in about things I would like to see. Um, Because I think we we are going to get stuck with it at some point. And just kind of, if you don't say nothing, you're, Got no one to blame but yourself. Yeah. Well, that was the final topic. Let's get into final thoughts. Uh, Tony Groves, you're up first. Well, this week I don't have a whole heck of a lot. Um, I mean, uh, it's busy, busy around the Groves household. We're, uh, you know, gearing up for Christmas and uh, all that fun stuff. Um, Racing has kind of taken a little bit of a back step, although I've been able to dedicate a couple nights a week, uh, you know, to do the league race and uh, the pro race when I have the track, which I won't be able to join you tonight, fellas, because I don't have Darlington. Um, but until next year, I'll have it next year. But uh, I guess a, a short story long, um, I don't have anything else to say. That's it. All right. Nice final thought. William Gibson, what do you got? No, I'm just, um, I'm excited to still be part of this team. I'm having so much fun. I wish I could dedicate a little more time, but um, work and holidays are kind of crazy right now. It should die off um, in a few weeks here. So, and I'm excited to pick up that first win in those 305 sprints. Um, yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm excited to keep things going. I just can't wait for these holidays to be over so I could race some more. That's right. I'm ready for Daytona. All right, I'm going to finish with a a little story about this last Saturday Uh, woke up to our internet at our home is turned off got on my Facebook on the phone and uh, found the neighborhood page where somebody posted a picture of a guy who drove his truck through all the power poles about a half mile from my house and took out 
the power and the internet and everything that ran to our neighborhood, basically. And so we were without internet the entire day of Saturday. I don't think it came on until maybe Sunday morning. And uh, boy, that was something. I was having a birthday party that night for my daughter. My son was coming over. I wanted to show him Global Rallycross. I was excited about it. I wanted to show him, oh, look, we can jump these cars and, and spin them around the corners and all this cool stuff. And so I went to go try iRacing being completely offline. I know I knew I was offline. There was no internet. And I, I look, I don't want to race anybody. I just want to get in the car and go around the track. I own the content. Why not? So I launched the new UI. Nothing. Just a blank screen. Doesn't work at all. Of course, the website doesn't work at all either. So I can't do it. They should fix this. We should be able to do a test offline. You know, I've thought about bringing some of my equipment to my job just so people could try it out because um, we have game nights every once in a while. And that's the one reason I can is because you, without Internet, iRacing is... It's nothing. You yeah. have to have Internet. That's my point. And that's ridiculous because we all know the stuff is on installed on this computer. It doesn't really need the Internet to probably work. If it's a single car on a single track... You should be able to do that. So iRacing, if you're hearing me, please uh, hear my little rant, please, and fix that. Uh, I'm sure there's other people in my situation who don't have good internet. Maybe they work on Wi-Fi or they're using a hotspot on a cellular phone or something. And uh, maybe they want to test if they don't have signal and that kind of thing. Let's make it good for them, too. So I got to experience that for the first time. It's kind of a shock to the system when you're cut away from the Internet. I was texting my group. Now, I wasn't completely cut off because I had my Verizon cell phone with Verizon LTE. And I was still texting my team and, and woe is me. I don't have Internet. You know, I can't race. And I had the day off, too. Uh, one of my rare Saturdays off. So, All right. Well, that's it for my thoughts. Um, and with that, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.